You're listening to Fake Believe, the podcast that gets some things right about conspiracies, cults, and cryptids. Well, hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> podcasting voice. <laughs> yeah, like that's my podcasting voice. <laughs> podcasting voice and other hot potatoes. Oh, God. <laughs> um, did you want to do an intro in case we're going to split? No, we're not going to split it up. We'll just have, if it's long, it's long. You know what? If, um, if we need to do intros, we could figure it out later. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm just going to get started then. You ready? I'm so ready. Okay. On October 20th, 1975, NBC aired The UFO Incident, a biopic detailing the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. Have you heard of them, Stacey? Uh, yeah, I, I, a little bit. Okay. I know only a little bit about them. I mostly know about Delzy, though. Oh, right. Delzy, <laughs> that's, no. that, that's who you sent me pictures of, too. <laughs> and, and I might have mentioned that Delzy was a little bit chubby, and um, Stacy was not having that. Yes, you were chastised for it. I almost kicked you out of the family with the authority that I have to do. <laughs> so uh, the UFO incident was their story, and um, that was released October 20th. In 1975, and just a little nugget mm-hmm. of info for you. So on to my yeah. completely unrelated story. Okay, great. <laughs> on November, no, we're 5th. talking about potatoes. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> on November 5th, 1975, two weeks after the unrelated airing of the UFO incident, Under Sheriff Elsie Ellison received a panicked phone call. From forestry crew member Ken Peterson. He and six other lumberjacks had been working hard pressing wildflowers in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest outside of Snowflake, Arizona. Whew, that's a it long sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Stacy. Listen. The snowflakes. <laughs> Ow. I hit my hand. <laughs> but on their way home, something had happened. There had been an incident, and one of the crew members had gone missing. Sheriff Ellison met up with the rest of them at a nearby shopping center where the men were visibly shaken, and some of them were even crying. That's a pretty big deal for a lumberjack. Yeah, especially in the 70s. Yes. They told the sheriff the truth. Their fellow crewman wasn't just missing. He'd been abducted. Abducted (gasps) by an Alien spacecraft. I knew it. How? There were no clues. Well, when, well, when they said abducted, <laughs> I knew it had to be by an alien, oh. not by some random person. <laughs> well, that was the very first telling of what would become the most documented alien abduction of all time the case of Travis Walton. I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) So one of the reasons this case is so compelling is that there were seven eyewitnesses, if you include Travis himself. Oh, I do. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And these eyewitnesses all passed polygraph tests provided by the nationally recognized news source that has been documented as being correct at least 10 times, the National Enquirer. So let's start with these characters. Who were the crew yeah, members? Polygraphs, polygraphs for let's sure. Let's start like, with the unrefutable. crew members. Yeah. Okay, let's start with them. Yeah. Mm. 
Their skipper was a man named Mike Rogers. So if you Google him, make sure to use his middle name, too, which is Heston. Unless you want to read about Alabama Congressman Mike Rogers, which, trust me, you do not. I'd rather read about Steve Rogers, American (laughs) hero. Yeah, you can do that. Wait, is he Blue's Clue? (laughs) Steve Rogers? (sighs) Steve Rogers. Oh, wait. Captain America? Steve, yes. <laughs> Couldn't tell if you were doing a bit or not. I was, I was just like, not. let me just keep saying Steve Rogers and it'll figure it out. <laughs> but isn't Blue's Clues guy's all, guy also named Steve? His name is Steve. I don't know about Rogers. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this Rogers, Mike Rogers, he was the HVAC okay. of the gang. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, do you regret teaching me that? <laughs> no, I am so proud of myself. Like, that's my biggest accomplishment. <laughs> 28 years old. 28. How old again are you? Oh, you're Ooh. only 26. So this guy's older yes. than you, but... It, He's so my brother's age. Quite young. Oh, gosh. I keep knocking into my knockers. my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Contain yourselves, ladies. Contain yourselves. I'm trying to do a podcast here. This is serious investigative reporting. Yes, it is. Carry on, Rachel. Okay. So, like your brother, he's 28. So, imagine your brother being in charge of people. Nope. <laughs> they can't make me. <laughs> Um, and Rogers, Mike Rogers, not Steve Rogers or Steve okay. from Blue's Clues. See, I can I can see Steve Rogers being in charge of everybody yeah. at twenty eight. Yeah, so get that out of your head. This is a totally different guy. Okay, okay um, get that out of my head. <laughs> but he also did hold the contract with the United States Forestry Service, and he good was him. good friends with Travis, and eventually even became Besties. Travis's brother in law by marrying Travis's sister. Ooh, that's a good way to get closer to your friend. <laughs> to your best friend, yeah. Yeah, your bestie, your other sibling. <laughs> uh-huh. He had also previously seen a UFO with Travis. The two of them together had Uh-oh. seen one about five years before this incident. So they they were familiar. <clears throat> they were being tailed. That's probably it. Yep. I have an explanation for everything. <laughs> Good, because I have a segment where that's going to come in handy. But oh, don't get gosh. excited, because that's not for a while. Okay, so the rest of the crew comprised young <laughs> men all in their very early 20s. Except young for, men. oh my god, Steve. <laughs> a guy named Steve. Oh no. But not, oh, so this is going to get confusing. Steve Pierce. Okay, so Steve R. and Steve P. No, Mike R. Steve R. is Captain Shit. America. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Steve this Rogers did not take not long to go story. off the rails, and I love it. Okay, so Steve- I think that'll kind of help us for the last segment. <laughs> so, okay, again, this. Oh, I have another tangent, which might get cut. Um, oh, I can't wait. My friend Travis, so not Travis Walton, my other friend Travis, mm-hmm. who infamously stole my uh, face yes. scrub. So, when I was in college, and he w- would come up to visit quite frequently, this is actually where the face scrub incident occurred. Um, <gasps> one of the times there was the a dude story. there that I totally was into but we wanted to be able to talk about him and not have people know who we were talking about and so we gave him a nickname bob bob two it was specifically there was not another bob it was just bob (laughs) two and so then there is bob two who is not his real name and then i started dating some guy named bill and so then travis was like 
what is with like these weird like B names like Bill and Bob Two? And I was like, Travis, Bob Two is not his real name. <laughs> That's the <laughs> name that you gave him. <laughs> so, oh, so it just sounds like it sounds like poor Travis's life was full of confusion, and maybe he was really confused and thought that that apricot face scrub was his. So and made keep, off with it. keep that vibe because the, it could be a name thing. So maybe with Travis Ooh. Walton as well. So I love this. I love <laughs> this development. There's unfolding. so many different names. It's going to be the Travis theory. <laughs> Ooh, It'll like be written it. down in science books. <laughs> in science. In precious science books. <laughs> okay. So... Hmm. Except for uh, so this is this is all to say that Steve Pierce was only 17, the youngest of the crew, and he'd actually lied about his age to get the job. Oh, the other members of the crew were Alan Dallas, who had also lied to get the job, but he lied about his criminal record. Oh, <laughs> John Goulet, Ken Peterson, Dwayne Smith, and of course, Travis Walton. Mm-hmm. Travis Walton was 22 years old. Think, everyone, listeners, think back to when you were 22 years old. I remember it well. Okay. That's all. And he had already encountered <laughs> UFOs about a dozen times around Snowflake. Oh. Yeah. Same. So it wasn't like a big thing. Like he had never like seen him, seen him, but he had just seen things. I was like, oh, that's a little. Uh. In fact, his whole family were known as UFO buffs. So he really knew his stuff. Okay, cool. He'd also. I like him. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He'd also been in some trouble with the law. Um, having Oof. been convicted of Glad burglary. I, said that you said that. I know. That's why I was like, do you? But it was just burglary <laughs> and forgery. Um, oh, and that was in bad. 1971. <laughs> so he was like 18. So, uh, you know. Ooh. Okay. So to be clear, I just want everybody to know that I don't condone burglary or forgery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that you cleared that up. Yeah, um, our legal team that we definitely have is <laughs> standing by, giving me the signal. They're busy suing John Oliver, but they looked up to be like to give yeah. Stacy the stink they're, eye. They're frantically <laughs> milling about papers. They're throwing them in the air. They're <laughs> highlighting and they're they're writing things down. They heard me say that they looked up and they gave me the look and they pointed at me and they mouthed the words <laughs> allegedly and you do not condone. I don't know why they said allegedly. It's just I think that's like their default for everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now they're back. They're back to to talking about uh, John Oliver stealing our Air Bud bit. Yes. They're back. They've calmed down. We can can return. Okay. Um, (laughs) Travis Walton was also known for pranks. One woman said that he was staying at her farm for a while when he was going through some stuff. And then he called her and was like, hey, all your cows have been attacked and they're dying in their field. Like, it's all dead. They're all dead. And she was like, what the fuck? And so she runs home and she got back to her farm and all her cows were fine. (laughs) They were like distinguished even, Stacey. You might say they were outstanding in their fields. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Good job. I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyways, um, they, the crew, not the cows, lived in Snowflake, Arizona, which I realize I've said many times now. But I love it. Point being, it was a Please small say town. It more. Snowflake, Arizona was a small town. 
Okay. It's a small town there in Snowflake, Arizona. And everybody knew everybody. In Snowflake? In Snowflake. (laughs) Okay. So a lot of these guys had a rough and tumble reputation and were linked to some degree of criminality and or mischief. And I'm not mentioning this to judge them because honestly, who hasn't crimed? Me. But (laughs) (laughs) their backgrounds and reputations do come into play in the story. Okay. Okay. So what is the story? Anyways. I I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) Well, what happened was on November 5th, (laughs) 1975, Mike Rogers kept the crew working a little later than usual. You see, they were behind schedule. And he'd already gotten an extension of his contract with the Forestry Service, so if he didn't finish on time, he was up to lose a significant sum of money. He couldn't breach his contract, and the only escape clause written into it was in the Act of God clause, which protects contractors from any liabilities that are outside human influence. So, Mike was left with no choice. Had to work (laughs) it. You better work it. Got to work. There's only yes. that's the only thing that he could do. So that's why it's close to except, sunset. Except he could also put his thing down, flip it, and reverse it. That's true. Missy's yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> what? The random references that we keep coming back to. <laughs> I know, but I love. Her. I never expected. I mean, I love it, but I just never expected us to. Do okay. This also, <laughs> I have to say, there's. In this episode, I've noticed a lot of um, people who have two first names for names. Mike Rogers, Mike and Roger, Steve Rogers, Stephen Roger, John Oliver, John and Oliver, Missy <laughs> Elliott, Missy and Elliot. What is up? Ugh. Okay. New conspiracy. I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know where it's leading. But it's just, <laughs> It'll lead us somewhere. On my string board, I'm going to have something about <laughs> two first names. <laughs> All connected to something. They're all connected. So Mike Rogers had uh, made his crew work until close to sunset. And by at around seven, when the sun was setting, all seven piled into the truck. Three in the front seat, which was Mike driving, Ken in the middle, and Travis, you know, next to them, and then the rest in the back. And they hadn't gotten very far when they all started to notice some glimmering lights in the tree line. And at first, everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Is it a campfire? Are they headlights? Is it big? No, it's too big for headlights. Is it a plane crash? What the fuck? And so Mike was driving, and he couldn't really see into the trees. But then Travis was just like, stop! And so he did. So Mike stopped, and he turned off the truck, I guess, to save gas. I don't know why. Later... Mike would go back and he'd measure the distance. And so he said that it was about 93 feet away from the truck was a flying saucer, a flying (gasps) fucking saucer, a whole ass flying saucer, a whole ass flying saucer. (laughs) And so what do you put that thing down, flip it and reverse it? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I would flip it and reverse it right the fuck out of there if I saw a flying saucer. What would exactly. you do? I would also put my thing. No, I, <laughs> um, no. If I were to just like randomly see a flying saucer, I think truly, like the bad instincts would kick mm-hmm. in to where I'd be like, I need to document this. Okay, and so I would be like sitting there. But if anything else were to happen, if there was any movement, if there was 
any like sign that like somebody knew that I was there, I'd be gone. I'd be like, bye. Okay. Now I'm, I'm done. So like I would think that I'm super brave, but then the in the slightest instance of danger, I would leave. So I think that you can be a little bit more understanding of Travis's reaction than I was then, because this is what he did. He opened the door and ran towards it because he wanted to see it and he wanted to document it because he'd been seeing Mm -hmm. these things and he knew they were out there and he and his family were like big into UFOs. And so he was like, I have to go see this. And then later he said that as he was running towards it, he was like, oh, what what am I doing? This is maybe not the best thing. But then he was like, all of my friends are watching. <laughs> like I can't. So he like slowed down, but he kept going. And this to me just goes to show that the patriarchy causes alien abductions. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so at this point, He's running. Travis is running towards him. He's slowing down. The UFO starts beeping and humming. No, yeah. See, I I wouldn't even. You'd be oof. done with it. But now, yeah. Well, friends- like even if I knew my even if I knew my friends were watching, I would run back and I'd you be like, back. "Go, go, go! We gotta go!" Like okay. So the beeping and the humming. Okay. So it gets louder. Even before that. Even before that. And even if I knew, like, if I if I had the thought where I was like, "Oh shit, this is a bad idea," I'd be like, "Okay, pivot on my heel, and I'm running back, and I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'll even I'll even tell them like, oh, I saw something. We gotta go. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even care. I'd be yeah. like, my pride is not is not even hurt right now because I was the only one that started running. Because the 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 dude bro patriarchy lumberjack side of you yeah. wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have like won. That. Yeah. No. So, and it, it, yeah. Okay. So it did win a little bit for Travis. So this, it's rumbling. And the, so the beeping is getting louder. And then it becomes a high pitched, like whine. And then a mm. lower, like rumble. Um, mm. And then there was also some comparison that I thought you would find very interesting is that it was, they were saying, like, what if it was an infrared sound? Like um, what we talked about in the Dyatlov Pass incident. You mean infrasound? I'm sorry. And what if it was an infrasound? Like, we, yeah, that. Yes. No, I think that is super interesting. And I also um, see that come up a lot in in theories now. Like, that's something I've seen. Um, not even just, like, um, theories that, like, we've researched, but, like, I'll kind of, like, see something on the news and they'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's it's infrasound. infrasound. And I'm like, ooh! Yeah. Interesting! So, this could have been something that, like, caused them more fear and, <clears throat> or caused Travis to freeze or whatever. Like, it, this could have been mm-hmm. a thing. So, Mike Rogers, who's driving, he could feel the rumble in the steering wheel and he was like, you know what? This is not a good idea. And so he looked down to turn, like, the ignition. Like, you know how you kind of, like, sometimes look down when you're turning your ignition on in the car? Mm-hmm. So, so he looked down. And so he didn't actually see when Travis got hit by this huge beam of light. But other people did. Good for him. I'm glad he didn't have to see that. He didn't have to see it. But he, he – I'm, like, mimicking to Stacey. I'm, like, I'm like turning the key and looking down. It's, it's, <laughs> It's very good, but um, so it is very good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so he did see like the big flash of light because it, it just lit up the whole fucking area, right? And so he looked up with this super flash of blue green light now, and he saw in time Travis flying through the air like a rag doll, 
and basically was totally crumpled. He said it looked like he didn't have any muscles in him. And Travis dropped to the ground and everyone was like, he's dead. We just lost our friend. And this is terrifying. And so they booked it out of there. Oh, no. And left Travis there. So, of course, okay. As you know, when you're driving away from an alien spaceship that has just killed one of your friends, everyone in the car Mm -hmm. is hysterical. And everyone's always yelling things like, oh, my God, what just happened? And was he really dead? And is now an appropriate time for frozen yogurt? And our friend is probably not (laughs) dead. Maybe we should go back. So many good questions. Mm -hmm. So did they go for the frozen yogurt or did they they go back? did not. I'm glad that you that you landed on the most important (laughs) of those questions. Well, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, again, if we have to connect any dots, if later on we find out that there's another conspiracy with frozen yogurt and aliens. And people with two first know. names. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're, you know, it's not even just connecting the dots. We're creating the dots. <laughs> I love it. So they Damn, did. that's ours. <laughs> that is ours. Hands off. Yeah, our lawyer <laughs> says it's fine. <laughs> We can have that. (laughs) Okay, so uh, these guys uh, calmed down without their lawyer's help. See, it can be done. And they decided to go back for Travis. Um, And it wasn't that long. They, I I forget what they said, but it wasn't like they hemmed and hawed for a long time. It was like they calmed down. They came to their senses. They're like, we can't leave our friend. Maybe he's not dead. So Mm. they turned around. They went, but they went. When they got back, Travis wasn't there and neither was the flying saucer. And it was like everything had never happened except their friend was gone. Oh, that's not good. No. Especially when they last saw him just drop to the ground and like he's definitely dead. Yeah. Which, what is up with those aliens? Are they like freaking owls who like pick up little chihuahuas and then (laughs) drop them? (laughs) <laughs> Stop it. I cut, that. I cut that story from the last one. I was like, this is too dark. And I cut it. Did you notice? I'm to say it. No, you can say it. Okay, well, I'm moving on. So, they, okay. But also, wait, there's. Wait, 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 no. no, no, I won't do that. I won't. I won't. Okay, it's going to be way more PC. Also, like, what is it with these aliens? Like, how they dropped him? It's like me and my phone. Like, can you not? Be, like, be a little more well, careful, okay? At least my phone has a screen protector on it. <laughs> this is a human being. Well, it's not like they dropped him in the toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've also done that. I've had some, some close calls, but I've never actually not dropped it in the toilet. And I am knocking at wood. Um, they get into a, a town... Uh, which I did have somewhere along the line. I think it's got an H in it and an E. This is not a bit. I just really did not write it down somewhere. Uh, it was not Snowflake. So it's not yeah. Snowflake. <laughs> but it was like a town near there, like the first place where they had a phone because this is the 70s. So yeah, before alien right. technology made phones for us to drop. And they called yeah. the sheriff and it was the <laughs> under sheriff, kind of like a deputy. Um, and so that's where I think I started the story was with them calling the sheriff. So that's where we're kind of full circle. So we're all caught up. So remember that Ken hadn't told the sheriff over the phone about the spacecraft. He just said that their friend had gone missing. And this was because he didn't want the sheriff to think it was a prank. But when they got there, they did tell him the truth. And then 
Sheriff Ellis called real Sheriff Marlon Gillespie. And so they actually all went out back to the site that night to look for Travis. And of course, they had no luck. And so they went to Travis's house Mm. and they told Travis's mom and Travis's brother, like, your son has been abducted by aliens. And she was like, oh, okay. And like, <laughs> I love that reaction. Yeah, uh, okay. it was like, they were like, she was very stoic. She was very calm. She was very. Was like, All right, he'll be back. I know how abductions work. It was kind of like that vibe. Ooh, creepy. Yeah. What a weird mom. If Ramsey got abducted, I'd be hysterical. I would be, too, if Mikus got abducted. <laughs> if Ramsey got abducted, you would be hysterical, right? <laughs> and also if Ramsey got okay, abducted. Good. Good. Yes. And if I, any of my dogs got I abducted. I would feel slightly less hysterical if Mikus got abducted because for, she I would can take first, care of herself. Well, I'd first think that somehow, like, she got into the alien spacecraft by like her own fruition and is now like yes. flying it around. So yeah, I'd be like, I good for that. her. Yeah, girl boss, do it. But then I'd be right. like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she she's had adventures. So, um, okay. So the next day, between 60 and 80 people formed a search party to look for Travis. And at this point, law enforcement suspected that the truth of the situation was that these hooligan blue-collar workers had gotten into some sort of disagreement and either on purpose or by accident had killed Travis. Oof. So that's kind of why I brought in the earlier stuff about, like, their reputations and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine how terrifying that would be if you had just seen your friend get abducted or at least get struck by, um, you know, light. They didn't actually see the abduction, but to see him get hit by light, you think he's dead. He disappears. And then, and then after that trauma, like everybody in this little town of snowflake thinks that you like killed him. Oh my gosh. Ugh. So two days after, and some say four days after, um, there's a lot of conflicting stuff in the story uh, after the abduction. The six remaining crew members agreed to take a polygraph test to prove that they were innocent of murder and or man's laughter. <laughs> Man. <laughs> man's slaughter. <laughs> I put the laughter in slaughter. <laughs> That's from a t-shirt. That's from a t-shirt from Hot Topic. Yeah, it's okay. I'll, I'll let it slide. So I say that they agreed to take the polygraph, and they did, but they also <laughs> felt kind of like backed into a corner, you know, about it and yeah. so uh, but they did want to get the truth out but steven if we remember steven he, <laughs> the, he was the 17 year old mm-hmm. um the blues clues guy <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> captain america again no no <laughs> i love how you correct yourself <laughs> captain america no no rachel no bad rachel Welcome to my inner monologue. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Stephen was the 17-year-old who – so he tried to sneak out instead of taking the test because he was afraid that it was a setup. And Mm. he was afraid that they – like, no matter what, they were going to make them to look like liars and to look guilty. Yeah. And so he was kind of like – uh, really nervous about it and not and try to sneak out, but then he just did it. 
So the polygraph test took about two hours, but it consisted only of four questions. So I guess how polygraphs work is you have to get like solid, like yes or no questions answered multiple times. And then you get like uh, you compare stuff. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I did look into this, but there, you guys are so much weird stuff. So anyways, here's the four <laughs> questions that, that they asked. One, did you cause Travis Walton any physical injury last Wednesday? Ooh. Two, do you know if Travis Walton was injured by some other member of the crew last Wednesday? Three, do you know if Travis Walton's body is buried or hidden somewhere in the Springs area? And then four, I wrote the biggie, but I that one also was kind of a biggie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you tell the truth about seeing a UFO? Oh, okay. So can you say that first one again? The first question? Did you cause Travis Walton any physical injury last Wednesday? So depending on the person, that could Mm -hmm. come up. Like, we're saying this story is true. Duh. Um, (laughs) And they believe that it's true because it's what they saw. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw this yeah. this UFO come take the their yeah. friend away. So well, they didn't seem to take him well, away. They just saw it strike well, their friend. Start yes. to take it away, and, and yeah. So they saw this <laughs> this this thing happen to to their friend, and they uh-huh. all fled the scene immediately, and then decided uh-huh. to come back. So depending on the yeah. person, you could feel like you caused him harm. I guess, but Travis fucking opened the door over the truck and ran at a UFO. So yeah. if they did blame themselves for it, they need to let themselves off the hook right now. I was right going to say, I'm not, I am <laughs> not blaming them for that. That's just to be clear. My lawyers are also, <laughs> our lawyers are looking at <laughs> saying that. But no, I'm just saying like, you know, because I'm, I'm that kind of person that I would probably, I always say, I always say, if I was ever in a position where I was asked to take a polygraph, regardless uh-huh. of whether or not I was uh-huh. guilty, I would be like, no. Like we, you do always say that. <laughs> it's like, Stacey, stop. I know. We I'm know. always saying it to you. No, actually, I'm always <laughs> saying it in my inner monologue because I listen to a lot of um, true crime and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't. No, but I'm always talking about my anxiety is how, yes. how I was trying to get there. But I'm always talking about my anxiety and how like, like, you know, guilty I feel or how like nervous I get over right. nothing. And so it's like mm-hmm. the, the and also I've got like high blood pressure and a high heart rate and stuff like that. So like yeah. all this stuff would even if they do like the control stuff, it's I mean, I'm gonna be pretty like I'm gonna look guilty regardless of whatever the like truth is. Um and right. that's uh why I don't believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> don't believe in well and that but you make a really good point because um even yeah and that's with you coming into it having never crimed in your life yes and these are people who have crimed before and so they've got like you know they're, they're scared or just they're scared. some of them just some okay. of them like half of them <laughs> so everybody Except Alan Dallas passed the polygraph test. Mm. And Dallas's was inconclusive. And this is because he uh, had a criminal history. 
and was nervous about it. I was just like, fuck it. I don't have to do this. And he just stormed out. Oh, okay. So Gilson, who's the dude who was the examiner, in his formal report, he stated this. The polygraph examinations prove, emphasis mine, that these five men did see some object that they believe to be a UFO and that Travis Walton was not injured or murdered by any of these men on that Wednesday. That's actually like, what if they had murdered him on like Tuesday and they were just using the Wednesday? Anyway, sorry, this is already (laughs) taking too long. I'm going to stop with my tangents. Okay, if this is still in his report, if an actual UFO did not exist and the UFO is a man-made hoax, five of these men had no prior knowledge of a hoax. No such determination can be made of the sixth man whose test results were inconclusive. Okay. So he's like, if this was a hoax, nobody knew about it except for maybe Alan. This was a couple days uh, after the abduction. So now we're going to talk about Return of the Trav. Ooh. So. I didn't know they made a musical about it. (laughs) There's also Steve Rogers' musical. (laughs) Tangent, tangent, (laughs) tangent. So at this point, people were getting pretty worried. I'm worried. Except what was kind of strange was that Travis's brother, Dwayne, still didn't seem worried and neither did his mom um in a few in an interview with a, a a magazine or something or a radio show on the 8th so when was that five days later? i don't know um and i've also lost my place anyways a couple of days later interview with his mom and his brother and they still were just like ah we're not worried and Dwayne had even said that travis quote is not even missing he knows where he's at, and I know where he's at. And then the interviewer was like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And then he's like, well, that's he's not. That's my question, too. Yeah. So then this is what he said. Well, he's not on this earth. So uh, <laughs> they just okay. they they just figured that, that he wasn't being harmed. They felt benevolence from all their UFOs stuff. So that's good. That's good. I love the optimism. Yeah, very optimistic. So there are, again, conflicting reports on the date of Travis's return, but most of them say November 10th, five days after the abduction. Travis recalls waking up on the road just outside of Heber, H-E-B-E-R. That's that's that Ah, that place. Heber? Heber? Mystery solved. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. And oh, wait, shoot. That's not what you're talking about. Um, so this is a place where he was he woke up on the road and he looked up to see a flash of bright white light against a shining hull, the shining hull being a UFO, which zipped soundlessly away. So Travis ran down the street to find a gas station and call his sister. And he noted then that it was just after midnight. Her husband and their brother then came to pick him up. And then he wrote about this in his book, which I have adapted into a short play. So would you like to be Travis or his brother, Dwayne? I'll give you the the option. (sighs) Wow. Um, They're both great parts. Okay. Um, I'll be I'll be Dwayne. Okay. so uh, let me set the scene. It's a did you get it in the chat? Do you have your yes. script? Okay, you're going to be Dwayne. So uh, Dwayne has picked Travis up, and he's Travis is very, very shaken, and they're in the car, and they're driving back, okay? And and uh, 
Dwayne's asking, he had asked about. Well, actually, it was the other dude, the brother, the brother-in-law, the sister's husband who had asked. So I kind of, I kind of took some some liberties for my art here. Okay. Um, okay so I'm Travis. <clears throat> they were awful. White skin. Great big eyes. <laughs> Take it easy, Travis. You're all right now. They didn't harm you, did they? No, but those eyes, those horrible eyes, they just kept looking at me. Just so you're okay. That's all that counts. Everyone's been worried sick about you. It's, if, it's, if it's already after midnight, I, I must have been unconscious for a couple of hours because I only remember about an hour or an hour and a half inside that thing. Travis, feel your face. Travis feels his face. Good hell, I just shaved this morning and it feels like a week's growth. Travis, you've been missing for five days. Will you do me a favor because I feel like you do it better? Will you just gasp in Cockney? Of course. Anything for you. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what Travis did. So in case the listeners, you couldn't tell, that reenactment shows that Travis thought he'd only been gone for a couple hours, which means that he has very little recollection of actually being on the spaceship. In fact, he was so shaken up that he didn't want to talk about it for a couple of days, but he was finally able to work around his trauma and share details with a hypnotherapist. Even so, he still only remembers about two hours of the entire five-day abduction, so a lot less than the hills. Oh, wow. Right? Because he was gone for a long fucking ass time on that spaceship. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, technically, they didn't remember anything, but... Are you just talking about through the hypnotherapy? Through the hypnotherapist. What was brought back? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Even this was after his hypnotherapist stuff that he was able to get these details. So here's the abduction in his own words. I ducked into a crouch when a tremendously bright blue-green ray shot from the bottom of the craft. I saw and heard nothing. All I felt was the numbing force of a blow that felt like a high-voltage electrocution. The intense bolt made a sharp cracking or popping sound. The stunning concussion of the foot-wide beam struck me full in the head and chest. My mind sank quickly into unfeeling blackness. I didn't even see what hit me. But from the instant I felt that paralyzing blow, I did not see, hear, or feel anything more. Ugh. So that's, that's the actual moment of when he got zapped. So while he was on the ship, he regained consciousness and saw a light above him. And of course, he thought he was in the hospital, except the yeah. air was like muggy and warm. Ooh. And that's very unhospitalized. So he was in Missouri? Ugh. But yeah, <clears throat> not even... <laughs> Not even in a hospital. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was fully clothed, but his shirt and jacket were pushed up around his shoulders. And then he was kind of strapped to a table, but not with a strap. It was like um, he couldn't tell if it was plastic or metal, but it was like a shiny gray thing. And his eyes were also not working too great. So he kind of had to squint at the three men in orange jumpsuits that were that were near him. And then when his vision cleared, he saw that they weren't ordinary men. They were, you know, they're aliens. So they were a little under five feet tall. <laughs> so you're, you had all this buildup. They weren't ordinary men. You know, they're aliens. <laughs> so 
So they were a little under five feet tall and they were basically humanoid. But their skin was, he said, quote, marshmallowy. And That's they had my favorite adjective. Marshmallowy. So they had no hair or fingernails. And their heads were too big for their buddies. And they also had huge eyeballs with irises twice as big as, like, what a human's irises are like. Ooh. So Travis, of course, <laughs> Travis asks a bunch of questions. <laughs> Good for He's him. just, like, no stream, like, no stopping, just like, what am I doing here? What's all this? What's happening? What is this? Oh. But they just ignore him. Grr. So he grabbed. I hate that. (laughs) It makes me think of Elf, like when he's visiting his dad in the office and he's just like question after question after question. So uh, with the kid and he's like, so how was school today? I waited for you all day. Why do you have such a big coat? Do you have a friend? You have a best friend? Does he have a big coat too? (laughs) Yeah, that's what Travis was like. Uh, So he but they, he wasn't getting answers. And so he grabbed what he said was like a glass tube but he, and he broke it. Kind of like like tough guy with a bottle. And he threatened them <laughs> with it. And he said that they left, but it didn't seem like they left because the, he scared them away. But the, they were just kind of like, oh, okay, he needs a moment. And he's like, we're, we're freaking him out. So they just kind of like moseyed out. So then Travis scooted off the table and he walked down a corridor until he got to another room that was probably a control center of sorts. Because he said it had, like, a chair in the center and then a panel with controls with (laughs) knobs and buttons. Because alien technology that is so advanced that it can travel light years to our planet would certainly have knobs and buttons. Of course. What else would it have? A touch screen? That's stupid. (laughs) stupid. Knobs and buttons are so 3008. (laughs) so anyways there was another dude in the room who also didn't answer any of the questions so travis just kept walking and so the next place that he found himself in was probably the hangar because there were two more flying saucers in it cool so then he just kept going and then he came across three more alien people who still didn't answer any questions but what they did do was they put a mask on his face uh, like an oxygen mask, not like a Richard Nixon Halloween mask. So I know that's the first oh. thing we were all thinking of. It's like, oh, it one was. of those Richard Nixon Halloween masks? Ugh, it no, was. but it wasn't. It was an oxygen mask. And then even though there wasn't like lighting on the ceiling, he saw a bright light on the ceiling. And then the next thing he knew, he was lying on his stomach in the middle of the street. And that bright light was the leaving of the UFO. <gasps> Uh, okay. So uh, Travis speculated later on why the aliens had been so non-combative with him. And this is years later when he actually like had the realization that nobody actually harmed me. Um, hmm. So he figured he had probably died when he was struck with the beam from the UFO and they hadn't mm-hmm. meant to hit him. And so they were like, oh, shit, we got to revive this human before Merle finds out. And <laughs> then so they pulled him onto the ship to heal him. There was so much paperwork. <laughs> so much paperwork. Right, Quick, lawyers? Press the knobs and buttons. <laughs> we got to get him back. They didn't want to fax everything, like, all the way to the different <laughs> universe or galaxy. So... uh. Unlike Barney and Betty Hill, Travis doesn't really have any of the details about like what the the 
stuff was to be done that healed him, you know. So and he mm-hmm. chalks this up to the fact that he probably wasn't experimented on at all, just healed. So Ooh. interesting. Um, let's talk about the buzz. The light year? No. Oh, okay. See? Two first names. The <laughs> This story is called, quote, the most well-documented abduction story of all time. And for a while, I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So what it means is that there's a ton of media out there, which is both a blessing and a curse, because, like I said, it's difficult to sort through all the information with all these conflicting reports. Especially if you're a person who I think you can empathize with this, Stacey, a person who tends to get caught up in details. Yeah. Yeah. So the main reason that this has generated so much buzz is because of the fact that a total of seven witnesses attested to the abduction. And, of course, like we said, they all passed polygraph tests except for the one. And their stories have not changed in the 45 plus years since the event occurred, although three have passed away since then. But even with all of this proof, and we all know eyewitness testimony and polygraphs are the two most credible forms of proof. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then why are some people still naysaying? The media. <laughs> so Chase, sure. I thought we would do a segment. Okay. Okay. And it's called Watch Me Nay Naysayers. Watch me nay naysayers. <laughs> <laughs> so Stacy, you're gonna nay the naysayers. All right. I'm Here's ready. what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you what the debunkers are saying. And then you can basically f- explain how that doesn't disprove shit and how these debunkers are all just a bunch of blockheads. Okay, great. Okay. <clears throat> Here's one claim. Travis's story isn't trustworthy because he and his family were UFO nuts way before he got abducted. And he had a history of deception. Furthermore, the Barney and Betty Hill story had just been aired, and the National Enquirer had announced a $5,000 prize for the best UFO story of the year, which is about $25,000 in today's money. And yes, Travis and his crew won that money. Okay, that's a ton of information from a naysayer for me to debunk. (laughs) That is. So go. I'll work my way through it. Thank you. So uh, starting with the fact that they are UFO enthusiasts. Um, Uh Obviously, they're UFO enthusiasts because they've been tailed by these friggin' UFOs for a long time. Okay. So Uh debunked. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The next one was the... um, is which I'm trying to go in order. Which one? Um, the Barney and Betty Hill story had just been aired. Okay, so as we've seen, you know, with the Barney and Betty Hill story, it just everyone seems to point out the conveniences of other things happening at the same time. But um, I would just like to say that whenever um, Endgame came out. And and Tony Stark made the reference to Thor and called him um, Big Lebowski. I was like, okay, wait a minute. How would like why would that even make any sense 
within the context of the universe because in the first Iron Man movie, Jeff Bridges, who played the Big Lebowski, was in it, and he was like the main protagonist, and he never like made any weird connections of like why does why does Jebediah look a lot like the Big Lebowski? Like, okay, that's so weird. So I wanted to say something about it, but I'm like, no, because spoilers, I can't say anything. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. then immediately a bunch of people started saying, well, how does that make sense? Because the big Lebowski thing. And I was like, okay, so clearly multiple people can come to the same conclusion at the same time. It doesn't mean that I, my experience and what I found to be true was just because it came out at the same time and a bunch of people were talking about it at the same time doesn't make any it make it any less valid so just because he happened to have a story about aliens when that was popular that doesn't invalidate his story okay okay Naysayers. Good. <laughs> all right what about the national Enquirer uh offering five thousand dollar a five thousand dollar prize easy lucky break okay so <laughs> you know he just like he went through a lot and then he probably had some medical bills after that i could attest to that it fucking sucks having to pay for medical bills after stuff like that i mean who knows he probably had to get checked out he probably hurt himself even if he didn't he probably had like therapy to pay for and stuff so he's like you know what um if it's cool with you guys i think that we should just capitalize on my trauma so that i can at least you know <laughs> Pay for my therapy. Interesting. Like, yeah, he, cool, cool. He, he did have medical bills, and the National Enquirer did, in fact, pay for them outside of oh, the five thousand okay. dollars. So that is great. Interesting point that you made to capitalize yeah. on the trauma. It doesn't mean the trauma didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next, the claim: the only thing that would keep them from losing out on their contract with the Forestry Service was an act of God. So Travis and Mike obviously faked one to buy more time with their contract. It's not an act of God, it's an act of aliens. <laughs> okay. Good. So I, I, I mean, I just don't think that they can argue that to the to the contractors be like, yeah, so uh, these aliens, they'd be like, mm, but that wasn't an act of God. So the aliens, act of God clause there. So, uh, uh, and okay. I don't want to naysay your nay, your naying the naysayers. Oh, okay. Uh, that's meta. No, give me more context because uh, I have another one. Don't worry. The act of God clause just means something outside of human control. That's what it says. So it doesn't necessarily okay. have to be God. It's just outside of human control, which this does fall under. Sure. Fair enough. Okay. So um, <laughs> other points to that. Uh, so, yeah, they were under a lot of pressure. So they were out there for a long time when they when the aliens weren't expecting them to be they were like oh yeah they're usually off at five and then they're like yeah we'll stop by around like seven eight and then we'll be we could do our little research thing they're doing and then they're like ah shit who's this guy and then they accidentally zap them and then they're like oh great now we gotta fix him ah thank god then the other ones came running at us so that's part of it but then also um as we know from uh santa claus three the escape clause sometimes things are written in very fine fine little print Uh and you get duped and sometimes things just end up happening so uh, I'm just saying who knows to what extent they they knew that they could get away with this because it's also very risky like you know act of God like why why not just like pretend that a tree fell on somebody like why mm-hmm. or, or like fell down in their path or even like like crush their truck or something there's so many other ways that you could get out of it to be like we literally can't do anything about this and nobody else was out there in the woods with us to like deny this story why would you come up with something so elaborate as a ufo story where everybody has to be on the same page about something that people are gonna have a lot of questions about so Yeah, good point. Good point. 
Okay, this one's I got long there. and it's kind of a doozy, so I'll uh, I'll reiterate any information you need if you miss it. Okay, <clears throat> the claim. Sure, Travis passed a polygraph test about the incident, but nobody ever mentioned the first test that he took with Jack McCarthy, a polygraph examiner in Phoenix. McCarthy had determined that the test revealed, quote, gross deception, and also claimed that Travis had used tricks to beat the test, like holding his breath. This test was also funded by National Enquirer, the proven to be right at least 10 times publication I mentioned previously. And McCarthy had signed a privacy agreement with them. So when they later ran a story touting the five passing polygraph tests from the crew members and not mentioning Travis's failed test at all, McCarthy couldn't bring it up. Furthermore, McCarthy reviewed the results of the test that Travis had later passed. And in his estimation, those results were not actually conclusive and the examiner had even written that Travis had been allowed to choose some of the questions that would be asked which is against the basic principles of polygraph. Okay so from the top where um, he had failed the first one. Mm-hmm. Gross um, deception. Beca- for deception. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Gross. Yeah. gross. Like huge. Gross. Ew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Deception. <laughs> so really quick do we know how long in between he came back and then the polygraph was taken? Yes. So this was, um, I, I want to say it was a couple months. Okay. So um, he was on an alien spacecraft. So who knows how his body is reacting to things still? I mean, like, oh. who knows what they did? They did put a mask on him. Um, and so that could affect his breathing. It could affect um, how he's... Uh, you know, responding to things. Also, a lot of times whenever it comes to um, trauma and having to relive that, you get a little nervous. So maybe that's just a coping mechanism that he had. And he wasn't quite trained on how to do a polygraph because who is? I mean, this is such a weird thing. And you're talking about a topic in which it brings up a lot of scary memories. So, yeah, I guess you could say that they are tricks, but you could like, you know, to deceive. But you could also say that they're tricks to help calm down. Ah, Good point. There's that. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean he's lying. It just means that he is uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Then okay. the next one, from it being from the National Enquirer. Oh, like, why didn't they mention that? And they mentioned the the five people who did pass, but they didn't mention the well, one that Travis again, himself had failed. Again, the one that experienced the most trauma. They don't want to drag that out anymore. Because the National Enquirer is really, um, yeah, yeah it's sympathetic towards people and their trauma. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they don't. Okay. They've been proven right at least 10 times. <laughs> at least 10 times. <laughs> the fact that he couldn't say anything, um, obviously, like, mm-hmm. sorry, but we're not going to bring all that up. The fact that he passed the other one, you know, even though in some cases we say that uh, polygraphs are totally awesome and, and make a lot of sense. Uh, sometimes they're wrong. So um, I just I just want everybody to know that that goes both ways. So you could be like, oh, well, those five might have been wrong and they're they were all lying, but they deceived it. Da, 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 da. OK, um, so you you would believe that five of them were wrong and one of them was right. Mm. So, I mean, I'm just saying you can't have it both ways. Either it's all junk or it is sometimes like hit or miss false negatives false positives so mm-hmm. okay so there's that good 
Um, all right, this next one I realized I didn't finish writing, but I'll try to remember. So, speaking of polygraphs, in 2008, Travis went on the game show called The Moment of Truth, where people take lie detector tests and answer questions in front of their family and the public. Have you seen the show? No, but I know this story. It is wild. Anyways, so for him, basically how the show works is the more questions that you answer truthfully, the more money you get, but then, and you get like to different platforms, but then if you are caught lying, then you lose what you got up until a certain like, you know, platform. Yeah. So Travis was doing really well. And I will say he was passing like questions that had to do with like the, the abduction, but then for the $25,000 question, it was, were you abducted? And Travis, without hesitating, says yes. And then that came back as a lie. Mm-hmm. And so then Travis said, well, polygraph tests are only 97% effective, not 100% effective. Yeah, it's kind of like what I said. So with this one, um, it, it, it's it's a TV show. They do things for drama. Have you watched reality TV? No, because there's no such thing as reality TV. Whoa! Nothing actually happens. Get it's all fake. It's all scripted. Get so yeah, Hollywood you could elite. say <laughs> you could say, well, he was on this TV show and took this lie detector test and he failed. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> it wasn't scripted. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Naysayers. We should do more of this. Okay, I have four Please, more claims. I love this. Okay, I hope you still. Okay, next, the claim. <laughs> Remember how blase both the mom and the brother were about Travis getting abducted? Like, hello, he could possibly be on his way into outer space. Why didn't they care? That is weird. They didn't care because they were in on the hoax and they knew that he was not on a spaceship. I have two possible theories for this. Okay. First... Um, which I I can't explain as well, so that's why it's going first. Um, <laughs> the aliens somehow had control over them. Aliens were somehow able oh. to give them Edgar. the uh, like, yeah, a sense of calm and uh-huh. peace and everything oh. like that. Because like they've been known to do that. Yeah, yeah, possibly they've been known to do that. So they're probably just like keeping them calm in some way. I mean, they've also seen a lot of, or maybe they have also had the same experience, and they're like, no, I know he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be fine. We've been abducted before too, but we are not gonna say that because we're gonna sound crazy. But this one's too public, so we just gotta kind of keep cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want people like to think that we had anything to do with it. So that's the first theory. Second theory is that. <sighs> Sometimes people just don't respond appropriately to things. Um, That's true. And you really can't fault them for that. Uh, speaking from experience of a lot of trauma in my in my life, uh, especially year 2020, mm-hmm. um, you never know how you're going to react. Sometimes it's, you know, how people expect you to react. But then again, like you think of true crime cases, there's sometimes where people like lose their shit and people go, they're faking it. They're totally mm-hmm. faking it. There's no winning with the media. Yeah. Yeah. Judging people's reactions is just, it, I mean, it's a fallacy in and of itself. You, you can't base the validity of somebody else's claim on two people's response and how appropriate you deem it to be. It's very subjective. It is. Hmm. Good. Thanks. I like how you I like how you go, good. <laughs> like, all right, good. We can move on now. You did it. Yeah, I did it. 
<laughs> Next claim. Travis's oh, description of the Sorry, ins- sorry. Oh. Siri was listening the whole time <gasps> on my oh, watch shit. and just was like reading it back. I bu- it's not that creepy. I bumped my watch. <laughs> it oh, she's listening. She's well, she's fine. Her and I have talked. Yeah, you got to be polite to her. Yeah, we've got an understanding. It's cool. She knows I do this podcast. She's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> she supports me, actually. We're Thank besties. You, Siri. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that got sad. Well, well hey, I'm not saying she's my best friend. <laughs> you said besties. Ha- best okay, listen, I'm I'm doing a Gen Z thing where you call everybody bestie. <laughs> oh, but I thought it's bestie for real or bestie is super sarcastic. Well, like, it could it could kinda of be either, but you just say bestie. Oh, and like that doesn't mean like you are my best friend. I mean people can have multiple best friends. The people that's true. I have two. You say one of my best friends a lot. I do. People say that. I do. Okay? okay. I'm nay saying <laughs> I'm nay naying you, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna redirect this energy. I'm on the roll. I'm on the roll, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna redirect it to the claim. That All Travis's right. description of the inside of the flying saucer sounds like something from 1970s sci-fi. Okay. What? That's it? That's all I have to say? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I am so sorry that people's perception <laughs> of something doesn't match perfectly how you want it to. Okay, naysayers, because listen, there's a lot of times where we see something and we don't quite know how to um, describe it yet. So we just put it into whatever context, like our memories do that. Our memories put things into context for us to understand. I mean, do you know that like you're looking at your nose all the time, but your brain just ignores it. <laughs> Stuff like that. I mean, it's like we got to like we we have to like process things on our own time. And if we have to do it based on like science fiction stuff, that's how we have to do it. OK, so calm down, naysayers. <sighs> OK, it doesn't matter. Maybe they weren't even buttons and knobs. Maybe that was just the best way that he could describe it. Maybe it was some futuristic like touchscreen thing. And the aliens and stuff, too. Again, it's like you're going to just say whatever makes the most sense to you in your brain. And also, whenever you're trying to convey something, we do this a lot, simile, metaphor. We try and and make things make sense by comparing it to something or describing it as something else. So also, he experienced trauma and possible memory loss because he, you know, was out for days later and yeah. he was like, oh my gosh. So it's really hard to tell like how much memory had actually been lost and what his brain had just kind of decided was happening. You've heard of dreams before, right? I mean, <laughs> like they don't all, always all mine make have sense. Died. What? All my dreams have died. Oh. What about your dream of being a podcaster with your niece? <laughs> Except for that one. <laughs> okay, good. So not all of them. <laughs> no, not that one, bestie. I'm on a roll still. Don't contradict me. <laughs> all right, we've got two more. Okay. The claim. Travis says that he has no interest in any monetary gain from his story. But I, Rachel, I googled his net worth. And like every other aspect of this tale, there are conflicting reports. But his net worth has, is being shown to be somewhere between one and seven million dollars. Considering that the average salary of a lumberjack is comparable to a public school teacher's salary, that seems like maybe he actually did gain some monetary value from his books, movie deals, speaking engagements, and TV appearances. Could that have motivated him 
to lie. Two things. Um, you said it yourself. There's too many conflicting reports. You can't actually see how much somebody's actually making. And like per year, you really think he's still making that per year? Like that story's kind of long, long ago. People don't always care about that anymore. And not necessarily, you know, true statements. A lot of things are outdated on on that. I mean, you started off by saying you couldn't find the right number. So mm-hmm. I don't even know why I have to argue this, but okay. <laughs> then there's the matter of um, he's not stupid. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I mean, if somebody's going to offer you a like deal, like a book deal or something, the rights to your story, like you take it. I mean, I don't know why why people get upset over others for that. I mean, like, there's been war heroes that have sold their stories. What do you, yeah. you think less of them? No. You think that they went into the war just so that they could make money off of their story? No. No, but haven't there also been people who made up war stories that weren't true? Yeah. Yeah, and haven't there also been people that made up salaries on the internet and said that they were, were making a lot more than <laughs> well, what they actually Well, it wasn't salary, were? it was his net worth. Um, net so. worths, too. Mm-hmm. 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 It just doesn't sound, I don't know. It just doesn't sound like it's that um, hot of a of a rebuttal. <laughs> it's not a hot potato. It's just... It's no. <laughs> it's no. just like a french fry. <laughs> <laughs> like a cold French fry, <laughs> cold fry for a while. Oh, yeah. Come on, pigeon, have some self respect. <laughs> Don't you know you can fly? Wait, Tracy Jordan, garbage. Another oh gosh, two first names. So this next one is very long, um, and it kind of goes away just from the claim, and it's just kind of more story. But here it goes. All right, Stacey. Mike Rogers, the HBIC backed up Travis's story unwaveringly for decades. Then, on March 19th, 2021, a little over a year ago, in a now-deleted Facebook post, he wrote, I, Michael H. Rogers, being of sound and rational mind, do hereby give notice that I am no longer to be considered a witness to Travis C. Walton's supposed abduction of November 5th, 1975. Then, on April 30th, So a little over a month later, journalist Ryan Gordon recorded a phone conversation with Mike in which Mike says, we were talking about creating a UFO hoax, okay? I don't know how the UFO got there, okay? But I remember when I was driving the truck and he jumped out, it was all deliberate. It was all a staged thing. He ran up there and there was something about the UFO not being real, although it looked real. He went on to say that Travis's brother, Dwayne, helped him with it. Now, we've already talked about this. It was hard to sift through all of this information and everything and like their whole fight. But it would appear that there was tension between Mike and Travis for a while. And remember that Travis is married to Mike's sister. So like they're not just friends, like they're family and they've been family for a long time. But posts and comments have been deleted, but there's still people kind of like referencing them and talking about them. So I could kind of read around the argument and make some inferences from what I can gather. There's a falling out about, I think, the new release of Fire in the Sky, the movie, um, and who would be getting paid what for that. And then in one video I watched, Mike also sarcastically referred to Travis as King Travis. So there's some tension going on there. 
Back to Mike, though, he he flat out said it was a hoax, a hoax. Um, but he initially, I guess, tried to say that Ryan Gordon had faked the phone call. But then on July 15th, he posted on his Facebook page, I am hereby retracting my accusation of Ryan Gordon's manipulation of that call. Although digital manipulation of anything is certainly possible. Then later he went on a podcast to clear up the story. And this is what he said. He said he was telling the story as if it was from the perspective of a debunker. In the same podcast, though, he was walking back some of his own claims. He repeated that he had never actually seen Travis get abducted, that he was looking down when the beam hit him. um, And of course, that he had driven away in a panic before Travis was taken. So there's definitely like a lot of back and forth with him saying like it was a hoax and then kind of walking them back. So uh, naysayers are being like, obviously, he's cracking and he's tired of it and he's telling the truth now. So what do you got there? So first of all, a Facebook post is not a signed affidavit. So you could say sound body and mind all you want. It doesn't fucking matter what you're saying. If you're on Facebook and you're saying all this stuff, you're not necessarily of sound body and mind, okay? Our lawyers are nodding knowingly. (laughs) They are very proud of me for coming up with that immediately. Fist bumping. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice job, guys. You know, we did it. Yeah. High fives. <laughs> High fives. <laughs> so, okay. So, I again, that just, that sounds off the rails. The fact that he deleted it, too. He's probably, like, freaking out. Um, Him having a falling out with Travis and, like, about money and stuff like that, I could really see it being, like, he doesn't want to be involved in the story anymore because the story that he's telling after that, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we came up with a hoax, but, like, I don't know how that UFO got there and all that stuff. Like, it's, it's still giving him a lot of plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. So he could say, like, yeah, it was a hoax if he wants to, like, point it towards Travis as the one that's, like, manipulating all this stuff at first but then it's like he's still saying he doesn't know how that got there it looked really real how does that happen it just doesn't it sounds like he's trying to say something else or maybe he's trying to like kind of weasel his way in or out of something mm-hmm. um there could be like a con- a contradicting book deal coming up to where he would want to say that it wasn't true you know like kind of rivaling travis in his accounts maybe even painting travis as some like crazy master manipulator that was able to pull off this hoax in a way that he didn't even know i'm like how crazy it was yeah so again like i said it just seemed like he gave himself like a lot of room to still like stick to the story but not completely like walk away from it you Mm -hmm. know yeah and then that phone call that he had he just wasn't making sense he's gotta he's like 70 ish now right yeah okay lay off the man (laughs) um he's actually older because remember he was the oldest one so he's in his like late 70s now yeah yeah he's i think he's like 76 it's, it's like how many trombones led the great parade Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's like at this point, like he's uh, he's getting pretty old. So this is the time when a lot of um, sad 
things start coming into people's lives, like dementia Mm -hmm. and all that. People don't always make a lot of sense at this age for whatever reason. So the fact that, again, he still had the ability to say that, like, it looked real and he saw it. Maybe he's just been convinced by all of the naysayers that he didn't actually see it, but he doesn't know why (laughs) it looked so real. So... Was there anything else to that claim? That was it. I I'm right. gonna I'm gonna say these naysayers have been nayed. Yeah. yeah. Naysayers. <laughs> Is that their theme music for this um this segment? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the only thing I could think of that wouldn't get us copyright <laughs> claimed. Our lawyers are just so upset with me right now. <laughs> and trying to keep them happy so that they get John Oliver. <laughs> yeah, get him. Get him. Get him. Go. Get him. Go. Come on, lawyers. Lawyer faster. <laughs> Well, Stacy, in the end, it's hard to say what is true and what is embellished in any alien abduction story. How do we decide whom to believe? How do we know who is telling the truth? And what even is truth? When humans have proven themselves to be masters of self-deception over and over again. Whether or not these aliens started out real, the truth of the matter is that they're real now to millions of people who believe in them. And that is the story of Travis Walton. Oh, <laughs> I liked I liked that bow at the end. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I feel like in the uh, Betty and Barney Hill section, I was just like, let me give you so many facts. Guess what? Racism is a thing. <laughs> what? Like, and it's like it felt a little heavy, so I'm glad that this one is a little lighter. <laughs> I got to, um, and I'm glad I was on it today. I was like ready yeah, to go with all these naysayers. I was like, let me fight. I'm ready for it. Naysayers <laughs> didn't stand a chance. So, um, did it, what? What's your thoughts on it? Do you think? Do you think they were abducted? Do you think that was um, like? I don't know. Did I did I convince you? Yeah, you did. Obviously. So I what I will say is that say that it say that it's not real, right? Pretend like mm-hmm. see if you can just guess that it was somehow they managed to like pull this hoax, okay? Sure. What a testament to friendship that you have right. six people willing to hold this big lie for their entire lives for you. Like, right. I don't know if I have that many people in my life who would be willing to to take on that sort of endeavor. So I, yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> don't know if I would be able to do it, let alone find anybody to do it for me. Like, yeah. that's just. Oh my gosh. I I think that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a beautiful story no matter how you look at it. Yeah. It's a story um, of friendship and triumph. Right. Or it also could be though like have you ever kind of started out like with a lie and then it just like so much time has gone by and you're like, "Well, I can't like I can't I can't fix it now." Like I did, like all of this stuff and so you're just like you have to double down like has that ever happened to you? No. Oh, well, yeah, you got it. You don't know <laughs> it's happened. Enough. Okay. 
<laughs> so you know okay. see how quickly i crack though i know you'd <laughs> be like, terrible at- so we know now if stacy ever gets abducted we know it's the truth because she can't lie oh, i can't i'm really bad at it <laughs> <laughs> and i i would tell everybody everything i'd even tell the aliens everything i'd be like okay so here's my medical history first so let's start with this and then they'd be like okay we need you to stop i'd be like no this is important you need right. to know about this if you're gonna experiment i don't on have me. an appendix so if you were gonna experiment on the appendix right. you should know that i don't have one yeah, I'm so sorry, aliens. I'm just trying to be proactive. I'm taking my own health into my own hands, okay? Also, are you in network? Are you, <laughs> you charge extra? I need to know these things from you, too, okay? So here's my insurance card. Let's talk about Stacy. they are not in your network. I am sorry. I know. And then I had to be like, okay, well, I'm refusing medical treatment. I would no. like to sign something. <laughs> and they'd be like, this is an abduction. That's not how any of this works. And I'd be like, well, let me tell you about the time that my appendix was abducted. And they'd be like, oh my God, we got to bring her back. We're sick of her. And I'd be like, no, no, listen, we got to talk about this. I had to talk about my podcast too. Wait, what are you doing? You made your bed. No, come back. Come back. I didn't get a picture. Hey, what's your Instagram? Instagram handle. We'll tag you. It's Merle the alien. <laughs> and I'm Stacy the human. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, oof. yeah, I love the fact that all of them stuck together on that. That's amazing. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. It was really hard to track down the seven people, and I know three of them have passed, um, and I don't think they all led really happy lives. And so I don't know. There's mm-hmm. been it's I I would be interested to go and like actually look at them individually and see how this has had an impact on all their lives too. But right, well, see, and that's another thing they didn't capitalize on it. They didn't like you know make money from it really. Mm-hmm. Just like the main person and then kind of by extension well they did because that that movie was a feature film so everyone did get like some you know but they're not but like rolling in the dough right they're they're not like one to seven million dollars right. net worth or anything not like king travis <laughs> right king travis over here <laughs> so i don't know i mean just again it's like if you feel like you know even even uh Saying that it was all a hoax would be a good scoop, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But yeah. Really, it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of lives they led. Their truth is their truth. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't really know. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to we know that this is all 100% real and 100% fake, fake believe. You might be thinking that aliens have messed around with the timing of our podcasts. But the truth is that Stacy is busy planning her wedding, and I, Rachel, am trying to stay out of Texas as long as possible during the summer, where today it is going to reach 108. So, please bear with us through our wonky timing. We'll get back to a more regular schedule in a few months, provided the lizard people mind their own business and don't crawl out of the hollow earth from the blue holes in the Bermuda Triangle to stick the Loch Ness Monster or an octopus on us. <laughs>